Welcome back, world. This time, Jay's World has what I like to call the creatives. And we have Tori Yates Orr from Nashville, Tennessee. She's big in the history space. Tori, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> we also have one of my high school football teammates, Charles Key from the class of 97 at Antioch. Charles, what's good, my guy? Man, how you doing? Blessings, blessings. No doubt, man. Long time no see. We also have Zach Boog. Boog does a little bit of everything for iHeartRadio out of Chicago, but I listen to him in Nashville. Zach, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Blessed and highly thanked. Man, we appreciate you stopping by. You know, what did Kanye say about being late? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> man, we just happy you showed up to this. Sh we just happy. Who, 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 who listened to Kanye anyway? I mean, like, <laughs> I love Yay. And our fourth and final panelist is a guy named Jay Sweet, the visual lyricist. Jay, how you doing, my guy? I'm great, man. Glad to be here. Glad you I was I'm able to be a part of this uh dynamic crew of people. No doubt, man. You four are very, very talented and I respect you all and I like what you're doing in the social media space. That's how I see it, because we're not really together. Although I did used to work with Tori some years ago. Um, and your show, social media stuff took off after we finished doing those high school football games. But I'm just going to pick your brain and try to get into your, your creative thought processes about some things, and then I'll let you go. Um, and since we do have you, Tori, we're going to go with ladies first, because I want you to give us a little bit about your background. Tell us about your education, where you went to school, and what did you go to school to study? Um, so I went to University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Um, I studied Africana Studies. Um, that was my major, but my minor was in theater. And after college, I went to New York and I got into the acting and hosting space. Um, and eventually we worked together in Nashville um, and I was an on-camera host. Um, and when I left that position, I kind of went back to my first love, which was theory. And um, started, honestly, what happened is I had a slow freelance month and I was like, I'm gonna make history lessons for people. And then people kept asking me to make history lessons and it kind of snowballed from there. And now I'm like mentoring college classes. I get paid for it. It's very, it took a kind of new path I wasn't expecting. Zach Boog, have you always been in love with the microphone? Always, man. Um, it's, a, it's a picture when I was like three years old and I remember taking this picture because my dad had got a new camera and he was just like into taking pictures. He was like, hey, like I remember he was like, put your hand right here and hold the microphone. And I was holding the microphone. He was using it as a prop just to take the picture. But it's crazy. That picture is like in my house to this day. And I was like, hey, I've always been on the mic, you know, so it's just kind of like I was like two. Charles Key, what's your background? Um, background? Well, I was born in Los Angeles, so I think that's where most of my like street art or murals, um, I guess with semen and my foundation came from. Um, and basically I've been kind of doing art kind of my whole life. I just never really, I had that mentality of you wasn't gonna make it unless you died as an artist. Um, you know, you wasn't gonna be famous or rich until after you left or you can't make no money actually doing this. So it took me a, a little while to actually kind of retrain my mind to say that I can do this while I'm alive, you know, now. And it's just, I do it for the kids. Most of my pictures are very vibrant and colorful. 
and really it's just for the children, you know what I'm saying? I don't do nothing negative with my pictures. Most of them spiritual and they have like different meanings if you really look at them and break them down. I'm a very complex man like Jay Gilmore is, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, just a little bit. Jay Sweet, I want you to take us back to Tallahassee and give us your thought process going to school. Man, like I, um, I didn't pick up, a, I didn't start doing a video until, I think I made my first video at the end of my freshman year. And it was just one of them things where I saw like this girl actually, who is my best friend right now. I saw her doing this little music video battle with somebody and I was like, I could do that, that same fun. You know what I'm saying? So I picked up a camera, uh, one of my uh, dorm mates, he had a camera or whatever. And uh, one of those little Sony square cameras. So I picked it up, man, and I just started going around filming my friends. And um, I called it like the Goon Squad video. So I just got them in a element or whatever and um, did a little recap. They was a little annoyed by, you know what I'm saying, just shoving the camera in their face or whatever. But uh, I just put some stuff together and put some Jeezy behind it. And then they was just like, man, I love it. I love it. And so that was like how everything was born right there. But I, um, I was I actually went there as a theater major, and then um, once I kind of made like I got some advice from some older, you know, mentors and brothers or whatever. And they were like, well, instead of trying to like, you know, wait for somebody to you know give you a handout as far as like an acting job or something like that, why don't you learn the business? And from there, it's just been like a journey up, you know, as far as like um, learning everything about videography from building the computer to you know, uh, running the business, you know, from the from the top, you know, and I know like my whole goal, you know, once I, even before I graduated was to, you know, learn every element, you know, whatever I needed to learn and master that um, so that I can eventually have my own distribution company. So, but yeah, uh, journalism it was my major and did a lot there, man. So that was like the, the stuff of ground. Good stuff. So, Tori, we know you're a strong young woman, and we have you in this cast of characters that are all men. All of these men have nicknames. We need a nickname for you, Tori. What's your nickname today? I feel like you're baiting me because I feel like you know my wrestling nickname. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so um, I used to be really into pro wrestling. I, don't, I never wrestled, um, but I had a podcast that was talking about wrestling, and so my nickname was the Ultimate Torrier. Ah, you see what I did there? I see uh, what you did there, and I like it, and I like it. And I didn't bait you, but I wanted to get something out of you because I'm going to ask the next three dudes where the nicknames came from. So, like Zach Book, break down your thought process. You're going to become a radio DJ. At, you know, when do you say I'm going with Zach Book, and why? Well, Zach Book was something way before I was a radio um, DJ. You know, um, I didn't know I was going to be a radio DJ until I was in college, but when I um, I was in high school and my, my boy, he was calling me. He was like, one day out of nowhere, out the blue, he was like, boogie down. And I was like, and he was calling me Zach Boogie. He'd be like, like I would just show up. He'd be like, Zach Boogie. And I was, I was like, okay, I kind of, you know, I just kind of liked it. I was like, that would work. Okay, Zach Boogie. You know, but then um, when I got to college, I dropped, I was Zach Boogie my freshman year on our first radio show. And then, um, I, I dropped the E. Yeah. Good so stuff. Good I've been running back book the whole time, man. And it's worked. It's what always about? available. Always available? Media. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else is a Zach book, you know? It works. <laughs> One of a kind. 
Low key. How does one become low key art? Wow. Um, well, you know, key from my last name. Charles Key. Correct. And people, there's a lot of Charles. There's five Charleses in our family. So when we all got together in Los Angeles, it would be Big Charles, Little Charles, Charles Jr. You know, so I wanted to separate myself. So I just said, call me Key. And so uh, the low key, just because I'm real low, real like, I don't know, incognito, I would say, you know, uh, especially when I do my art, a lot of times it don't take me no time, especially if I'm uh, touched spiritually, I can do something overnight. So it'd be like one day you wake up and nothing's there. Then the next morning you wake up and, oh my God, like who just did this right here? Um, especially in the neighborhood where they're not used to that type of influence. Um, and just, you know, I just keep it low. I'm real like low tempered. Just kind of low all the way around, you know. Good stuff, man. Low key indeed. So that leads us to you, Jay Sweet. Talk mm -hmm. about for you, man, to you know, to do video, I think that the title suits you perfectly. But tell us the title and give us the backdrop. Uh the visual lyricist um derived from the way that I edit video. Uh, I had a professor in, in college um named Kenneth Jones, and he was, uh, he graduated from, he was, he was in the inaugural film class of FSU Film School. And so um, he taught us so much about like how to make a documentary. And one of the biggest things that I learned from him was audio video match. So in, in, you know, journalism and in film, we all know it as AV match. And so um, he taught us to really, really pinpoint you know your words with your visuals and so um my style kind of was created in his um what do you call it in his uh it's it's i guess it's embedded in his teaching style you know and so i i just like in order to get an a because he was the hardest professor in the class man i mean in the school so in order to get an a you gotta do what he say you know what i'm saying and so i just like kind of you know took that and ran with it you know so the visual lyricist is um kind of based on audio visual um matching uh, which is my style like when you look at my videos you can see a lot of um i try to match everything from words to emotion to whatever is going on um especially like if whatever song i'm using i would try to make a metaphor out of you know the song um so if it's it, I, I can't really come up with an example right now but i try to match the words as much as I possibly can to the video um, and make it work somehow. So it's like more of a rapper type thing where you use metaphors and similes a lot. So. Zach, let me come down to you and ask you about your creative process, but more so in terms of specifically at the point in your career where you were making the parody songs, you know, mm -hmm. how did that vision come about and how did you come about executing it? Um, it all it all started in college. It's just something fun to do. Um, I don't know if y'all remember, but I used to do the Zach Book blog, and I was doing um, I was doing Zach Book blogs before I was you know even doing radio. Um, I, okay, let me give you something, Jay. One of my biggest regrets in life, only regret, is stopping YouTube in two thousand when I was doing it in two thousand nine. I would be a multimillionaire right now off of them YouTube videos. I promise you if I would have I believe going. you. Easy. It was it was literally just me spoken. It was like five of us. I know who was doing comedy at that time. 
on YouTube, you know, but that's a, that's water under the bridge. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I say that to say, um, I just started with the parodies, like, you know, um, a friend of mine, I'm not sure if y'all know TK, he lives in LA now, he's doing acting and um, real spiritual brother. And um, real, but he was just so silly, man. And we were just, um, the first one I did was um, Racks on Racks on Racks. Now this is Future's breakout song. It's when Future first came out, just to give you a time. A dude named uh, Sonny Digital, he was a big producer at the time. And they came out with Racks on Racks on Racks. So we flipped it, Racks on Tracks on Tracks, and Snacks on Snacks on Snacks. Suck my toes, pass down on all them farts, them foreign, foreign farts. Now I'm eating no candy bars, and I'm high flying the Mars. Got cookies, chips, and juices, but you know I'm watching my cars. Free ham, free ham, free ham. I ain't never got a goddamn star. Goddamn, that green was strong. Got munchies where the snow. My eyes are really low, trying to grab something to go. And one, can I get one more? Addicted to the drum. Eat snacks till I can't no more. Cause I'm high off cheese and chow. Got snacks on snacks on snacks. 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 So we, you know, we went all in on it. We we had people come meet us in the middle of, it's called the Circle at TSU. We had like 30 people. We went to the beauty supply store. I had real, I had girls giving me tracks. I mean, it was a big thing, and it went viral. Um, so I was like, "Oh man, this is this is fun." And it was, so, it, I mean, it was just so easy. I just remix songs just when I hear them. Like I'll hear them, and I'll just be walking, and I'll just say something else. You know what I'm saying? Now the hard part is when you hear songs like so. Now you get to let's say I'm in college and I was hosting parties in college, but let's say I remixed the song that I was trying to host the party to. I couldn't think of the original words no more. All I can think of is, my, is mine. I'm messing it up. I don't know what the fuck I go. Like, I can't. I did that um, that Jodeci song, uh, Fiend. I used to know all the words, but now all I say is, take my pasta, dessert, and my 
carbs. You know, so like, I can't think of nothing else. <laughs> did you write this stuff down or did you record it everything. as you were saying it? No, everything is written down. Everything is written down. I write everything out. Awesome. It takes me about it takes me about an hour to do it. One song? Mm-hmm. Just to get it. Yeah. Just to get it? Yeah, just to get it down. Tori, how do you come up with your history videos? Um, it just depends. Um, a lot when I first started doing them, I did it what actually happened on that day in history. Um, so it was mm -hmm. very like timely. Um, now it's more of like what's going on in the world. So I try to provide context of what's actually happening. Um, so like I did one on the flu of 1918 because it has a lot of connections to what is going on right now with COVID-19. Um, so it just kind of depends on, on what's going on in the world. Um, and I also do a little bit about myth um, or mythology because I think mythology is in so much of what we do now. Um, but you know, I sit down, I figure out what's going on, and then I write it all out. Um, like, I write a script, basically, and then I do it right here, usually. <laughs> and then I shoot it right here and edit it and put it together and put it out. Are you teaching yourself during that process? Like, are you learning about history in your research, or do you already know this stuff? Oh, no, I'm learning about it as I go along, unless it's something that, like, I knew before, because I am, like, a super nerd, and I read about history. Um, but I mean, like some stuff, I, I don't know about like 18th century Swedish politics, but I had to learn about it for one of those things. So Charles, do you paint from memory or other photos, other images? How do you go about that? Um, some of them is kind of memory. Most of them are from a, a photo reference. And then I just kind of, uh, add color. I have to sketch it out first on a sheet of paper. Um, at least two or three times. So when I hit a wall, it's more like muscle memory because you kind of lose proportions because you're so close to the wall. A lot of times I just try to uh, meditate and when something like, you know, close eyes and just kind of get into a little, a little meditation type of, you know, field and then images come to you, you kind of see what I'm saying? So I, after that, it just boom instantly to a sheet of paper and hopefully it will all come out right in the execution phase. Jay, uh, sweet. How do you deal with editing block? You know, some writers have writer's block. How do you mm. deal with sitting at the computer and not knowing how you want to lay something down? That's a tough question, man, because I still ain't figured out how to deal with it. <laughs> but... Uh, the way I usually deal with it, man, is um, some of the things that I've been doing lately is uh, working out. Um, usually, because I, I got a weight bench like right behind me, like in some some dumbbells, some forty fives, got a curling situation. And so I do that, and then like um, majority of the time, like say if it's if it's a really like hard deadline that I gotta meet like today, then I just push through it, you know, and, and make it work, you know. But um, like I usually, you know, either work out or I'll start doing something else um, for my business, like um, creating some type of proposal that somebody needs or something like that. But um, a lot of times it's, it's like either, another trick that I've learned is to like, I, I start off by choosing a song. So if they want a song that I'm not really feeling, then I'll, I might edit it to another song that I'm feeling. 
you know, so that I can like get in the groove and actually get it down and then um, work from there. But those are just like a couple of situations because like a lot of times, well, sometimes it don't work. I just, you know, have to push through somehow or just wait till the next day and call the client and be like, yo, uh, I got you coming. Well, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, those are some of my remedies that I use. So to a degree, I have a relationship with Charles. I have a relationship with Jay. I have a relationship with Tori. Although Charles and I haven't seen each other in, I don't know, since 1997. Um, but Zach, you're, you're different to this equation. So let me tell you why I respect you in terms of the comedy game. My wife and I were looking at some videos a couple of days ago of um, Tiffany Haddish's new rap song. Um, and then somebody else, some other comedian had something that I was checking out. And that makes me think about you transitioning or, you know, operating in the comedy space. Uh -huh. And I respect it because number one, I think it's courageous, number one. But number two, I believe in my heart that you're serious about it. When did you try to transition or, you know, get into the comedy space in terms of, hey, I'm on stage, I'm the, I'm the guy that they're coming to listen to. I'm going to make them laugh their ass off. Um, to be completely honest, man, I was, I, I was, I was terrified um, to step into the comedy space as far as stand-up comedy. Um, you know, I started, I started radio in 2008, um, 2008 with my college show. Um, I started doing the videos in 2009. And I remember um, this dude, he was older than me, named Freddie B. Um, Freddie B was like, hey, man, you're going to have to do stand-up if you want to make some money doing comedy. I was like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm going to have to do no stand-up. I'm going to be like Will Smith. Uh, he don't do no stand-up. He's funny. And then um, I was like, but it was something I always wanted to do. So I finally mustered up the courage to get on stage at, a, at something at TSU, like in 2012. I didn't like, I did great. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, I can do this. So after that, I took like a, still scared, I took like a year and a half hiatus. Um, and um, a, a comedian named Sleazy out of Nashville was like, hey, man, you got to quit playing, Mike. He from Memphis. He was like, Mike, you better quit playing, Mike. You're going to get on that stage, Mike. Matter of fact, I got the show for you. It's going to be like a college show. It's going to be like college people's going to be your crowd. I got you. You're going to be, you doing this show. And I was like, when is it? He was like, next week. I said, oh, man. Oh, I ain't got no jokes, you know. So I'm, I'm just scrambling, scrambling. I ended up doing well on that show. The next time I did it, this is when I knew I was gonna really do it. The next time I went up there for open mic for some show, and did terrible. I never forget the joke I did. I, I started off the joke. I was like, "Buck Obama." Now this was first term Obama. Now this was, this was first term. Nobody ever black in front of black crowd. Fuck Obama. The, it was such a terrible joke. But what I was trying to get to was the fact that I was like, I thought he was going to do more blacker shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was trying to get to. And I remember I got off stage. I felt terrible. But I felt so relieved to do bad and know that I was still alive. Because, you know, to a comic, you feel like you're going to die right. if people don't laugh at you. You know right. what I'm saying? The fact that I did terrible. And let me you, I was drunk and I tried to change all my jokes to like 10 minutes before the show. So that tells you how new I was and green I was to it. But now I've been doing comedy. Cons and I really 
hadn't started doing it consistently, consistent. I've been doing comedy maybe six years now, stand up. But I, I started doing it consistently, consistently the last two and a half years because I kind of see a way here in Chicago. Like in Nashville, I really didn't see how a comic gets on and I didn't really have the vision of how to take that career path. But now I know comics, like I see comics who are on doing television with Mo, touring with Monique, people that I can call, people that I see. And I'm like, oh, this is how you do it? Oh, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Took it serious, you know what I'm saying? I sold out Zany's um, before the tornado hit Nashville. Um, like literally like two days before that shit happened. Um, and, you know, I did well. I'm, you know, I got 30, 40 minutes of material now. But it's all stuff that, you know, it took about six years to build. So it's just something I take very seriously now. Um, my whole career, I've been a writer. I'm not a dude that just, I improvise within the moments, but I, I, I'm i not good off just, like, I'm just going to go out here and just talk. No, mm -mm. I got to know where I'm going and then let the improvision uh, come, you know, with, within the moment. But yeah, I'm, I've always been a writer. From even radio, I write, you know what I'm saying? I know what I'm going to, I know I'll do points. Like I know what points I'm going to hit when I, before I get on the radio or even the parodies, I write them out. You know, my stand-up jokes, I write. So I'm more of a, to tell you the truth, I'm more of a producer than anything. You know what I'm saying? Than a comic, than a radio person. Like, I could just produce and eat in, in the spaces, if that makes any sense. Oh, no doubt. We, we all creatives. I know what you're talking about, yeah. bro. We got you. Yeah. Tori, so <laughs> you have a, a slow freelance month. You enter the history space. Describe the the response you know to see your mentions to see the emails describe the response to something that you just put out there um it was kind of overwhelming and it was from people like in spaces that i really respect so i was getting people from like la who were in like top film production companies who were like hey this is really good and no one else is doing it and that wasn't something that i'd ever thought of um i think it's it was really key in that I was a history nerd from the jump, like from second grade on, I was the girl in a history book. And it just never dawned on me that I could combine like something I love with something I know how to do, which is produce and be on camera. Uh, so when I started getting, you know, a lot of great feedback, it kind of made me think, oh wait, I might be onto something here and maybe I should take it more seriously. Um, because at the time I was just like, I mean, I have a shoot in April and I got a couple of shoots in April, but I don't have much going on in March. I'll just do this. Um, and it kind of shifted everything for me where, I mean, and I still do like freelance work. Like I just hosted, you know, I hosted a thing for Spalding last year. Um, but it kind of put me on a different path when you see, oh, people are really responding to this and there's no one else doing it. And then you become secure, I think, in your talent where you're like, Okay, I know what I'm bringing to the table. And especially, and I think, you know, anybody who, especially in the comedy world, Zach, <laughs> um, finding your own kind of lane and realizing, oh, this is my lane. Like, I can really do this is, is just nice to feel. Because especially, like, in hosting and acting, there's a million girls that look like me and can act and host. I'm not original, but I know, like, in the history space, there's no one who can do what I do. So that's just nice to have that kind of like, oh, this is, this is what I can do. 
and knowing your talents and knowing how to apply it is, is, it's just nice. <laughs> Since this is my show, you know, I can say what I want to say with the mic. I don't think there are a million girls that look like you, but I digress. <laughs> right. So we'll just carry this on into Mr. Charles Key. I want you to go, Charles, to that time where you felt like, I made it, I'm here, I'm doing what I need to be doing and earning income from it. Um, go to that time. Oh, you know, I done a lot of jobs. Uh, I have, I done did the street jobs, took corporate jobs. I worked in restaurants. I used to like to cook, I was a chef. I still am a chef, but I really don't cook anymore. So, um, five star restaurants, I cooked for Paul Pierce in LA uh, last summer. But with the art, it was just a little more freedom. I was still waking up and I was still kind of hating to go in. It was like, oh man, another day is gonna be the same thing, same kind of routine. And you know, I might throw this spice on this to make it, but it was kind of the same uh, to me every day. So uh, I, don't know, I did a couple of pictures. Uh, free. Uh, the church gave me a house, actually, that they were going to tear down in a couple of months and just told me just to beautify the neighborhood and to just make it sure that it was spiritual, kind of. And from there, it just kind of took off. Um, and I'm not there yet. My uh, Once I get in a big museum, then I'm there, you know what I'm saying? But I, I'm every day uh, learning, every day just practicing, every day just trying to increase my craft, but I'm, I'm, I don't know, it, it was a hard point because it's like where you was at, the, I was at a crossroads at one time where I had $20 left and it was either go do something or, or go to sleep and pray about something. And I went to sleep and I prayed about to my Lord, you feel me? And the next morning I had a business and I've never looked back at all. So I know that art, or this type of art saved my life. Uh, that's my little testimony. That's real. No doubt, no doubt. So when we talk about testimonies, uh, Jay Sweet, give us your thought process in walking away from Amazon some years ago. Man, um, me working at Amazon was like, uh, really like a segue from um, the, the, the other job that I left, which is ABC. I, um, I was, that was the real filler. Amazon was like one of the things with me just moving to Nashville or to Murfreesboro. I went to school in Oakland, so I was staying with my parents. It was after I um, made my movie and I was broke in Tallahassee or whatever. And I uh, just really didn't see, you know, myself working at, you know, the news station anymore because I had like exhausted all my resources there. Um, and coming to Amazon, I just really just needed some bread so I could get my car. To start this business <laughs> so uh what it really was is like man i saw myself at a abc and um you know it wasn't hard to move up but the job that i really wanted i didn't get until my last year you know and so i started off just really like just a floor director telling people you know what camera to look at and then moved all the way up to like uh um production of uh what is it, uh, production coordinator, which was making commercials and, you know, setting up shoots and all of that stuff. And I saw how hard I was working for them and I was still doing stuff on the side, you know what I'm saying? And I, like my commercials is coming on air just like 
their commercials was coming on air. And so it was just one of those things where I was like, man, I can do this myself. And once I did it, I took that last year that I was working there and I used their resources to make my movie, you know? So uh, once I came here, uh, I just needed a little bit of, you know, income or whatever. And um, while I was working at Amazon, I just took the time to, you know, kind of, I guess, build up a couple connections and, you know, get some money in my pocket before I went full-fledged. And uh, 2016, uh, February, um, I had got me a car in December um, of 2015. And then I was just like, man, it's just it's just time to do this. Like, I know I can, you know, make enough money and sustain, you know, and do what I got to do. I'm still staying with my parents by April. I was staying in Laverne. Um, and then uh, something happened with my roommate. He ended up getting locked up. <laughs> so ended up having to go stay with my sister again. And then, like, I think it was two months after that, I had got me a spot, like, uh, North Nashville. It's the same spot I'm staying there right now. Um, close to downtown, literally in the center of everything, right up the street from the lab. So I'm like, yo, this is perfect. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. And rent was pretty decent. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to just, you know, ride, rock this out here. So I've been doing that uh, for, what is it, four or five years now, since 2016. You know, so everything is pretty, pretty, pretty copacetic. I think the, the biggest trials that I've been um, enduring is, you know, just focusing on those clients that, that, um, that actually want to pay, you know, trying to figure out who's real and who's not. And so like each year I've had to like recreate my business plan and recreate how I go about, you know, getting clients and all that. But um, as of right now, I'm only taking clients who, you know, offer or who can pay a retainer fee. And so that, since I've been in that space, it's been working a lot better for me since the, I say since, you know, December, I think it was like, I haven't even posted on social media since like August, just because I want to detour anybody who <laughs> who just wants some uh, random freelance, you know, yo, can you do this, that, and the third, like music videos, all that, like not doing none of that. It's, can um, you pay I'm, me once a month for the next year? Can you pay me exactly. once a month for the next couple exactly. of years? Or a three month, a three month situation <laughs> works for me too. You know what I'm saying? Because right. some, some of these clients you don't want to even really rock with, you know, for the whole year, especially on the contract. So. You know, it's just a, you know, it's always testing, you know, and so like I said, it's been uh, like an eye opener just seeing which industries actually pay um, and which, which, you know, like even right now, there's certain industries that's paying that, you know, others can't sustain in. Like I used to do a lot of club work and like right now the clubs is, you know, right. they're done. Like you can't do nothing. So hey, like, Jay. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jay, Jay Sweet. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, my bad, uh, Jay Gilmore. You know, I'm a... Uh, I, I, I interview people too, but I was like, um, so you, like, you know, I know you from the club. I know you, sweet, you know, I know you from the club space. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? From, from working with the clubs and uh, different things like that from when you first got here. Mm -hmm. But so what, who, what type of clients are you working with now? You know, and I what work, type of work are you doing? I'm doing um, a lot of stuff for because i've always casted a wide net you know so like the club money has always been like real fast money but like uh right now like say during covid you know what i'm saying the only people that's really sustaining and it's growing is the church you know what i'm saying and then real estate is is a really big one too mm -hmm. and then all of these people who have like uh youtube channels and all that type of stuff i make a lot of like intros for them i make a lot of like like they might send me their whole show to edit so I have like two or three YouTube bloggers that's paying me, 
you know, every month, like one of them pay me like every two weeks, you know, just because she needed me to keep up her, her, um, her, her stuff. And then like the churches, they paying me right now to do a lot of their social media work. So like a lot of those graphics and stuff that I'm doing, um, for, that I used to do for the clubs, I just transferred right over to, you know, <laughs> to the church, you know, for their promo right. and stuff, you know, so, um, yeah, then like uh, real estate agents, like people who consistently need people to like see their stuff, like, um, and and it just goes back to like where the money is, like the uh, the church. That's a a billion dollar, you know, um, cor corporation or market. Real estate is the oldest money in the country, um, and the, then the people that's like doing blogs and all that, they have like you know plenty of followers and you know subscribers. So that's a a whole nother like situation, you know. So that's not that's probably like the weakest link out of the other two but i'm doing a lot of stuff like that and then like for um those uh for those who uh those clients that i have for the church and the, and the real estate that money is like always consistent you know like always consistent it's never like a, a situation even like when i was doing the clubs and all that stuff i still had like our church the church that me and jay go through go to um They've been paying me since 2016. That was like the base that I was able, you know what I'm saying, to sustain from um, while I was out there. So, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, wasn't all that I needed, but everything else was like side work, you know? So I just had to, you know, kind of see, you know, where, I had to get my feet out there to, and exactly, and see exactly where, you know, the money was consistent. And like, as far as the clubs and as far as like the music videos and all that type of stuff, it's so hit and hit or miss, man. And then yeah. it's like, it's, 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 it's so much work that goes into it. You know, like the late nights and all that type of stuff, man. And then like the inconsistencies with, you know, artists thinking that they're bigger than who they are. So they want to come late and use up the time they pay for it. And you're dealing with drug dealers who might kill you, you know what I'm saying? And so. They point guns at you in the video. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. So it's a lot, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm loving where I'm at right now, you know. And then um, I'm just really trying to build a base so that I can distribute my own content because I do I write and all that stuff too. But I haven't had a chance to really, you know, dive into all of that as a journalist or or filmmaker or whatever because I have so much, you know, work that I need to edit. So yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Zach, may I speak, Zach? Do I have permission to ask somebody a question now? <laughs> It's your show again, brother, my bad. <laughs> hey, man, I want to ask all of you guys. I'm going to start with you, Zach. In terms of being a creative, the current landscape that we're living in with COVID-19, what does this do to your thinking process? Are you creating more? Are you, you know, I know you're at home. You know, I saw you do a show last week, I think, from the crib. Does this, what, how are you approaching this opportunity to do more or not do more? Right now, I'm so busy um, with radio. I've, you know, I'm in I'm in six markets right now. So I'm in I'm in Nashville. I'm in Memphis. I'm in Milwaukee. I'm in Chicago, and I'm in uh, Portland as well as Norfolk, Virginia. So with COVID nineteen, it's it's really stifled me to do able to do my comedy content. I have to focus on my radio content because you know, with each, I can be more general in a regular in the regular world but you know doing I, I you know listeners are coming to us for information they're coming to us to be entertained yet they want to be informed so things are different state to state you know what i'm saying tennessee just started their um stay at home thing chicago been on it virginia been having cases so i have to 
like literally when we get off this, I'm finna go through and Google and like I have to plan out each show differently. You know what I'm saying? Way more than I would normally have to do. You know, because I mean, some national news I can use everywhere, of course. But a lot of stuff that they want to hear, it has to be local. It has to be for that, for that market. You know, so that's just been, that's been the most tough thing um, I've been dealing with right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, the governor said this. The governor ain't say that everywhere. You know what I'm saying? In all, in all these states. I have to say what uh, governor, what's the Tennessee governor name? I forgot his name. He has a, is it has a, Bill Lee. Bill Lee. Yeah, Bill Governor Lee. Lee. Governor Lee just said something. Now, you know, Governor Hatchet over here say something. So I have to, you know, I have to go through using the internet, you know, to make each show custom. And that's really been taking a lot of my time. Are you recording from home? No, I, I do have to set up at home, but it's too much work to do from home. It's too slow. So I do it. I do it in my studio. But I'm the only person who uses the studio up there. So they use the one I use. So it's all good. And I spray it down. When I go in, when I spray it down, when I go out. Yeah. Uh, Low-key art, has this situation hindered you in any way in terms of, you know, opportunities? Uh, no, not really. Um, it actually has uh, gave me an opportunity to do some things that I've been putting on hold because I've been so mm -hmm. busy. You know what I'm saying? A lot of projects, uh, I can't do it. I'm just, I got to do this or I'm traveling here or something like that. So this this actually been a season for me to actually have to step up and give people what I said I was going to give them a long time ago. So I, I've been able to uh, do that. And actually during this time period, it has actually created a new path for me as far as creativeness, because I don't have nothing to kind of do. I don't really have no excuse. So me and my son, we go outside and we doing art with sticks and rocks and, you know what I'm saying? Kind of little things in our little area that I would have bypassed or I wouldn't have thought about. So it's actually kind of made me grow in a certain sense by sitting me down, because I'm a busybody. Like once I get up, I'm out and I want to be places. I don't want to be in town if I don't have to be in town, no matter what town it is. I just want to pop up and be there for a couple of days and then I'm gone. Um, so this gave me an opportunity to really kind of do some things that I for some clients that I've been promising for. Um, which is good to get off my chest, you know what I'm saying? And um, actually has made me kind of look in, inner, inside myself a little deeper to come out with some more creativeness besides just doing the same old thing that I've been doing, which is painting on walls or something like that, you know what I'm saying? Ultimate Torrier, how are you using your time these days? Um, it's kind of, it's kind of similar um, to Loki is that, with freelance work, which is what I typically do, a lot of that is slowed down because no one's doing shoots, um, you know. So it's kind of forced me, not forced me, gl I'm gladly happy to, to, to slow things down. Um, but it's allowed me to actually strategize what I want to do um, because the history thing kind of took off. And when you do freelance work, you're, you're over here, or you have to fly here and do this you're kind of all over the place. This is like the first time I've been able to be like, okay, what do I actually want to accomplish with this? Let me plan. Um, and I always have a plan, but in terms of like actually getting serious about it, it's allowed me to kind of focus on that for my work and for history communication as a whole. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, it's, it's a change for everyone, but I'm kind of grateful for the time that it's made me slow down and 
reevaluate what I actually want to do and, and streamline and edit and all of those lovely things we do with our, with our careers. Tori, where can our audience find you on social media? Um, they can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram. It's just my name, Tori Yates or, um, and you can also subscribe to my podcast. It's called Skeleton Keys and it's about history and myth in pop culture. Um, so you can subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Jay Sweet, where you at, my guy, on social? Uh, at the Visual Lyricist. At the Visual Lyricist. Yes, sir. Low key art, where you be hiding? Um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram name is Jamersons GC. That's J A M E R S O N S G C. And Facebook under my name. You couldn't find, you, they didn't have low key art available? Actually, when I started my Facebook, it was for my cooking business. <laughs> and I kept the name. <laughs> so now my art, like most of the time, I tag my art, which I'm still going to go back into the cooking thing. But um, it was like, I'm, I'm kind of slow to social media. So it took me a while to get an Instagram. I, I just got it like a year or two ago, maybe, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like a late bloomer with the social media. So I just kind of kept the name. Um, from my cooking business and incorporated into my art, which once I get the building and everything come to fruition, it will have art. It's like a little culture. It will have art and food and music, which I always love, you know. And if we so, have a stage for, you know, we could do a Friday night comedy spot. We already got the headliner yes, right here. Yes, yes. We have a whole lot of people <laughs> right here with a little history of something at the location that we're going to be at. Yes, no, sir. No. That's exactly. exactly. Before we get you to shout out, you know, where you're located, how have you used the social media platforms for advancement? Talk about how you use social media. Man, dude, social media has helped my whole entire career. Um, when I, I don't want to go too long, but when I started, when I started on radio, Scooby, y'all know Dolores Wayne Scooby, Scooby rested. So um, Scooby said, Hey man, this when I was an intern, he was like, Hey bro, I don't want to hear nothing from you unless you hitting somebody with a bag of chips. Cause I had a video where I hit, I hit this girl in the face with a bag of chips and he <laughs> thought it was so funny. I mean, he was like, listen, if you're not hitting nobody with a bag of chips, don't come in here. You know what I'm saying? Don't talk to me unless it's chips flying, you know? And, um, just, just the way the wave has been going. Like I've, I've always seen where, um, radio was going you know a lot of people said radio was dying i was like well you know radio is nothing but audio it's not dead it's just going to a different space you know what i'm saying so um as long as people are listening that's consuming radio it may not be from the traditional places so now you have to do whatever you're doing on the radio whatever you're doing um from an audio space you just got to be able to put it in those you know places like the iHeartRadio radio app or YouTube or, you know what I'm saying? Like the Breakfast Club popped off of YouTube, not off people listening to Power 105. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you have to just be able to put, social media has, man, elevated me so much. And then even like the higher ups, they'll see what I'm doing on social and then they'll be like, oh, you need to do this for the, you know what I'm saying? I've had program directors like, make me a song about this, that, and I'm like, okay. You know what I'm saying? And I know that that's something that I only do. You know what I'm saying? So it, it makes me different. And I think that's why, you know, I've kind of 
been put in the position I have in so many different places because they know that they can just like, you know, I don't know what that means. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that was the internet. Um, but they, they, know how, they know that I can, you know, work in different spaces. So, yeah, man. That's, I love social media. It's the, it's the best thing. Let me tell you something. Uh, Brother Key. Yes, sir. Man, you, man, listen. If you just not getting an Instagram two years ago, we man, on TikTok now. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm a late bloomer. I, I swear nah, to God. We gonna end that. We gonna end that. You need to go today, brother. I'm gonna check with you too. I'm gonna follow you on your cooking slash art page on Facebook. And I'm say, hey, I need all the help I can get. I'm gonna sure, say, have sure. you made a TikTok yet? I don't even know it yet, but I got one, and I'm still nah. I'm trying to learn it. So you would be. This would be the perfect time to make one. You could do some dope stuff with your art. You know what I'm saying? And people are on it so much. Like, you know, you can build a hell of a following on TikTok. I advise everybody on here to get a TikTok. Please, please. Instagram is great. Don't get me wrong. Instagram is great. Facebook is never going anywhere. But, you know, you got to go with where the stuff the is. Like, where the people are. Like, make one today if you don't have one, y'all. For real. And we'll just learn it together. Because I don't know how to use it either yet. I have one and I have no clue how to use it. <laughs> Me either. But like, you just try, you know, you just got to keep trying stuff until you get it. Because people, I know a dude, he got like, it's my boy, he got like 30,000 followers already on TikTok. He's been on it two months. I'm like, oh, they, they own it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Zach, before we go, man, let us know where we can listen to you and where we can find you on social. All right, man, you can listen to me in Memphis, K97, 7 to 10 p.m. You can listen to me in Nashville, 6 to 10 p.m. You can listen to me in Virginia, 10 to 12 uh, PM, you can listen to me in Portland, 7 to midnight, and you can listen to me in Milwaukee, 7 to midnight, um, Zach Book Radio. Um, I'm on in Chicago, 6 to midnight, um, Zach Book Radio as well. But you can follow me on Instagram, Zach Book, Z A C H B O O G, on all platforms Facebook, um, Instagram, and TikTok. There we go, world. We have Jay's Creatives, The Creatives. They're not Jay's Creatives. This is Jay's World with The Creatives. Um, Three kings and a wonderful queen up top. I appreciate you guys from coming through, man, and sharing your experiences. Uh, Look forward to catching up with you guys real soon. Thank you, man. This was great. Appreciate you for having us. No doubt. Thanks for listening to Jay's World Podcast. Jay's World is brought to you by 5G Media and Gilmore Financial Services. You can email the show and suggest topics for an upcoming episode. Email j at j.gilmore at memphis.edu.